When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joe, we are live again. <laughs> What's up, everybody? <laughs> July 11th edition of the Holy Smokes podcast. We definitely apologize for the technical difficulties. That's what you get for modern technology that is supposedly awesome, but sometimes it's not generally awesome. It is okay. Uh, as always, it is Tuesday. It is uh, Holy Smokes podcast. Yours truly, Joe Ferraro. Follow me online at Showdown Joe. Of course, uh, you can give Sean Ross Sapp a follow at Sean Ross Sapp. He is my co-host here. Uh, we are fresh off watching the McGregor Mayweather press conference or according to Mayweather it's the Mayweather McGregor press conference Dana White stepping in between them at the end um it, it pretty much was what I expected nothing crazy other than maybe potentially I was waiting for them uh to basically jump each other and beat the crap out of each other but it didn't happen uh what did you think overall of the press conference John whoo that's that, there's a lot to unpack there well first off both men are on time which explains how important they both consider this fight because traditionally, neither are on time. Neither even knows what time is supposed to be on time. Also, I don't know if Brendan Schaub ahead of time was told, hey, you got to push for McGregor hard. This is your role. Because generally, he doesn't. Generally, he's very realistic about the, the possibilities involved. But then let's get into, into something. UFC is about two decades ahead of the curve, apparently, on press conferences. Because that ass-kissing, prepared statement stuff that we saw at the beginning, the fans didn't like it, Conor McGregor didn't like it, nobody liked it. And as soon as Dana White got up there, he was like, I'm not talking, here's Conor McGregor. Those guys, Steven Espinosa and whoever that other guy was, made Dana White look like John F. Kennedy on the mic. <laughs> it was remarkable. What, what did you think of the, the whole intro situation? Aloe Black was performing? I mean, I, I got no problem with that. Sure, whatever. Listen, uh, w- when it comes to that, here, here's – I was looking at that. I'm a huge Aloe Black fan. I've got about three or four of his songs uh, on my phone here um, or on iTunes, whatever. I guess it was my mood heading into this, this press conference. I just wanted to get to, the, to, the, to these guys getting in there and just promoting the fight. Uh, I, I just wasn't up for the pageantry. I get it. It's huge. Was there 20,000 people at the Staples Center? Totally get that. But I could care less today about the pageantry. I mean, if I was there in person, I'd have probably loved it. But I'm like, yo, let's get this going, guys. Let's get Connor up there. Let's get Floyd up there. Let's get to what we're here for. And when we finally got it, then I was impressed. Conor McGregor doing his thing. Um, I'm surprised there was no no questions allowed from the media. Uh, totally surprised by that. Shocker. Yeah. Shocker. We'll see what happens tomorrow when they get to, here to Toronto. But, um, yeah, a little, little surprised about that. But Connor did what he had to do. Floyd did what he had to do. I mean, Floyd dropping uh, MF bombs and F bombs and calling Connor a bitch. Uh, and Connor saying he's going to knock him out in the fourth, uh, knock him out with an inside four rounds. I mean, th- this is what I wanted to see. Uh, and I got a lot of respect for Conor McGregor. Uh, listen, this is a guy four or five years ago that was collecting welfare, social assistance checks, and look at him now, man. This guy here, he mentioned his son. Uh, I got lots of love for Conor McGregor. I may not like a lot of what he posts on social media. I think it's, he's better than that, but, 
But I get what he's playing. Uh, and I, I'm rooting for him. I, maybe it's the MMA guy in me, Sean. I'm rooting for it. But you know, the, in terms of the press conference, this is exactly what I want to see. And Conor McGregor did everything that we said that he should do leading up to it. What, what was the first thing that he said? He got up there and said, all these rules, all these restrictions, Mexican gloves, no <laughs> horse hair, 10 ounces, in a ring. You won't fight me in a real fight. You're afraid to fight me in a real fight. Let's just get this out of the way. I have had dozens of responses on Twitter, at Sean Ross Sapp, by the way. There ain't a single person that's buying what Floyd Mayweather is selling about him saying, I'll do four-ounce gloves. I'll get in the octagon. I'll whip your ass. There ain't a person that's bought it yet. Not one. What did you think when he said that? Because that dooms him. Because he ain't ever doing that, Joe. Under no circumstances. No chance. Is he going to do that? It would take his biggest payday of all time to step into the UFC. And that ain't happening. No chance. No chance. He would get whooped by Connor. I mean, Connor even said it. It wouldn't even last. What is he? A minute or a round? He said it wouldn't. It wouldn't just. Just wouldn't last. It wouldn't it happen. Wouldn't last a minute. It wouldn't. Yeah. Last so with Floyd saying that, I mean, let's be honest for a second. Maybe he's trying to sell whatever he's got to sell. He was in the moment. Uh, you know, you get in front of a microphone. You're not. You're not talking like you're really talking to. You know, your your pals or you're just you're 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 at a bar, a pub, but a barbecue, whatever. You're now in front of people. It's just you talking. You're gonna start talking stupidness. You forget the right way to talk sometimes. I think I think Floyd right there talks some silliness that if he thinks he can get in the he would do it in the octagon. He would never do it in the octagon. And if he does, listen, I said this fight would never take place, Sean. I said this fight would never yeah. take place, and here it is. Um, you know, if 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 we'll see what happens. There's so much that's going to be discussed leading up to this fight, uh, and of course afterwards when it's all said and done, August 26th. I guess it'll be August 27th morning. Uh, you and I will discuss it live, but. Who's, who, our, our boy, and also uh, we're going to have Carlos Toro in the air with us, our, our fightful boxing analyst as well. I've invited him to join us. I thought that would be a, a good person to have as well. Our boy Graham Williams says, you have more of a chance of tying a hot turd in a knot than you have Mayweather fighting McGregor in the octagon. I would be inclined to agree. And man, oh my God, I don't think that Mayweather really knew what he was getting into with this presser to the point to where they cut McGregor's mic halfway through. Did you notice that? I noticed that, and that wasn't very cool. So to that point there, okay, I think Floyd knew what he was getting into. I think he he kind of visualized or understood, man, this Connor guy is a, is, is a gong show. Like this guy here is no joke. This guy here is going to try and steal the show. This guy here is brash. And I'm ready for it. I can do it. No problem. No problem. I've done this 49 other times. I'm not worried about it. I've fought trash talkers before. But then when he gets there and he sees it, it was kind of like, hmm. I think he was doing more thinking than he was talking at the time. I don't think Floyd Mayweather is is remotely afraid of Conor McGregor. Uh, I think he's probably realizing this dude's unpredictable. We don't know what can happen here. He's not afraid of me. I'm not afraid of him. This could get real ugly. Um, I think that's what went through Floyd's head. I mean, I'm not him. I don't, I don't know, but I don't think um, I, I don't think he's scared of him. I think he was maybe potentially overwhelmed with the situation, thinking, "Hmm, what's up with this? Like this this Connor guy is something else." Now I really get to see him. He's a big boy. He's got a big jaw. He's got a big target. And of course, with Connor saying, "Look at this little man, old man." He's got a 2012 Rolls Royce out there. Little body, little chin. You know, it's just it's, it's hilarious. I thought it was fantastic. So um, I think both guys did did pretty good, uh, considering who they're catering to. Does that make sense? Yeah, kind of. But I don't even think boxing fans buy into, and I consider myself a boxing fan, 
buy into what Mayweather said about the four ounce gloves and the octagon. And I think that's, that's a big hit to him. And that's, I mean, how many times did I say it on the show, Joe? Like that's what McGregor has to do because there is a really fantastic chance that Conor, that Conor McGregor is going to get just picked apart for the whole fight. So he has to set himself up after that. He's got that built in excuse of, well, it's not a real fight. That's one facet. That's one. And him challenging Mayweather to step over there and Mayweather saying, yeah, I'll do it, but he's never going to do it. No, he'll never do it. Floyd Mayweather is the best boxing, greatest boxer of his era. I mean, the guy's a, a, I, he's a machine. Is his Boxing is his thing. And I think, you know, on paper, he's going to defeat Conor McGregor. Problem is paper doesn't fight paper. We never know what can happen. We can talk all we want about the boxer's chance, the southpaw, uh, the yada, yada, yada. Floyd Mayweather uh, is a very, very difficult human being to hit. Uh, we'll see what happens. But in mixed martial arts, he's probably easier to take down than he is easier to get hit in boxing. So let's be honest for a second. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. It would take one oblique kick or one takedown before Mayweather was – and, I mean, that that's the funny thing is, like, Conor McGregor, his wrestling compared to Floyd Mayweather is would be remarkable. So let, let's talk about a few other things. Like, I thought the best line that Mayweather had was – Mr. Tap out about how Conor McGregor quit. That was his best line. Otherwise, he hit him with a bunch of like, pardon my French, but hit him with a lot of butt fucking jokes. <laughs> I was like, bro, those don't age well. <laughs> yeah. Those don't those don't sound good in 2017 for any reason. Like the insult, like McGregor's like, it's the best you got. That's the best you got. And he pulled out the one hundred million dollar check. You can't do that this week. Not you can't that you can't do that now. Not when you've asked the IRS for a reprieve. Oh, he doesn't. You care. can't do that. That's he doesn't know any better. I don't think he does. You know, I'll give that him would the. Be like, that would be like me going to Toronto in two weeks, sitting next to Jimmy Van in his office that he had built to podcast in. After he brought me to Toronto and say, "Jimmy or Jimmy, you cheap bastard," like that would. It doesn't work. You need more witnesses. I'm sorry, Floyd. You need more people. It doesn't work. Otherwise, that would have worked. Had this been last week, maybe it would have worked until the news came out. Then it wouldn't have any more. Like, you can't do that. McGregor's going to – oh, my God. McGregor's going to take that chicken shit, and he's going to spread it across a piece of bread, feed it to you, and call it chicken salad. That's what's going to – he's the greatest trash talker of all time. Well, you heard and what he said, right? that? You heard what he said. You're going to come with that? What? When he pulled out the check, Connor's like, yeah, yeah give it to the tax man. <laughs> this is like, I'm so Yeah, sorry. and, and May- Mayweather said he's the IRS and he was going to tax that ass. And I was like, okay, that's a good 2005 line. Like, I mean, and, and you know, trash talking is always evolving, Joe. Chael Sonnen, like his didn't age well. In 2010, 11, 12, he was, he was ahead of the game. And he was doing stuff that was cool in WWE in like the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Well, Conor McGregor stepped forward and he took like the best of Ric Flair volume one and put his own Irish flavor on it, made it really good, did it himself. And that's that's just the best. And man, do I think Floyd Mayweather's going to win the fight? Oh, yeah. But I think he's taken L after L after L on this press tour. And you better. I, I was shocked when they gave McGregor a mic. I was shocked when they gave him a handheld mic. 
because I thought the podium setup was there to protect Mayweather from that sort of thing. 100%. But I'll give, I'm going to give Floyd, I think Connor won the, the insult battles, the verbal battles, but when Floyd said, uh, Mr. Tapout, um, this guy's a quitter, you saw Connor's face finally get a reaction where he was like, mother, right? Because it's true. He did tap out to Nate. And Floyd's going to take one. advantage of that. Yeah, that was a fantastic um, insult there. It's, it's, this is all about mind games. And Conor McGregor has made a career of getting into people's heads. He's made a career of getting into their mind. Getting he beat in, the best featherweight of all time before the fight even happened. Yeah, yeah. Nobody was ever going to do that to, 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 to Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo was the, one of the most feared men to ever compete in mixed martial arts. And as closer, and no matter how many times that fight got postponed, how many press conferences, Connor would still get in his face. I mean, the day he stole the belt, I mean, people will never give that enough credit. That is the, one of the most unbelievable moments uh, in press conference history uh, for Connor McGregor to steal Jose Aldo's belt right in front of him. That takes balls. That takes a lot of savvy. That takes a lot of, you know, brass ones to do that. He doesn't care. And people were like, dude, you're going to get killed by Jose yeah. Aldo. Jose Aldo is going to knock your skull into the 17th row. You're going to get the crap kicked out of you. And he beat him. It was 13, 14 seconds. Like, yeah. Conor McGregor's fearless, man. And he believes he can beat Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather. So I'm definitely looking forward to this fight no matter what happens. I'm still going to give the edge to Floyd Mayweather no matter what. But if, Jesus, if Conor wins, do you think I'm going to be surprised? Are you going to be surprised? Here's, here's the thing. I see Steve Muehlhausen, who's one of our, our Fightful Boxing reporters. By the way, catch him on the Fightful Boxing podcast. It drops after every major event uh, over at Fightful.com. Subscribe to us. Leave us a thumbs up on the video. Subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. But he said he thought Connor brought the best out of Floyd. If that's the best out of Floyd, he's in big trouble. Oh, he's in big uh, verbally. He's in big trouble in the ring. He ain't in it. He ain't in much trouble. Uh, also, guys, uh, check out Carlos Toro's fightful boxing newsletter. If some of you are here to for the boxing aspect of things, he does an unbelievable job on that newsletter. It drops every Thursday. It's over at fightful.com under our boxing section. We cover MMA, wrestling, boxing, the Holy Smokes podcast usually launches, and we have split screen, and that runs at 3 p.m. on Tuesdays. We have guests like Elias Theodoru, Frank Trigg, Sean Pearson, Faraz Zahabi. But uh, we brought you this abbreviated version. Where we're we're going to talk Nunez, Helwani, uh, Musashi, UFC Glasgow. But, uh, yeah, we'll be covering UFC Glasgow on next week's Holy Smoke podcast. But, yeah, give us a try, guys, if this is your first time checking us out. But, we got three more of these this week, Joe. <laughs> if something crazy happens, I'll have to do a breaking news podcast. But, yeah, it's man, be fantastic. You, what, what changes do you think are made? Do you think that Mayweather makes sure McGregor doesn't have a mic after this? Probably. Uh, probably, but good luck doing that when this thing gets over to Europe. Uh, you know, when it gets here to Toronto, it's neutral ground. We'll see what happens, but Connor will fight that. But I think this progressively gets a lot worse for Floyd Mayweather. I think this is not going to be good at all. This is Conor McGregor's world. This press conference, these tours, these, um, these, these verbal jabs back and forth. He's going to lose, in my opinion, every single one of them. Um, I just don't know how he's going to win. He's going to have to save it uh, for his own social media, for his own uh, you know, 
money money Mayweather promotions stuff that goes on social media uh, interviews with, with Connor not around where Connor cannot defend himself or, or say anything because uh, as this progresses Connor is going to continue uh, to just berate Floyd uh, Floyd's going to probably get his revenge August 26th when they step into the ring uh, but again it's a fight anything can happen no matter and how much we give credit to Floyd there was a lot of talk of who is the A side Here's the way I look at it. Conor McGregor is popping 1 million buy rates no matter what. Mayweather these days is not going to pop a 1 million buy rate no matter what. But neither of them are popping 2, 3, 4 million without one another. Floyd Mayweather knows that. He looked at the landscape and he said, man, a triple G fight would probably be big. But what I need to do is fight a guy who not just will be big, but will blow my record out of the water and get the biggest payday. And he's doing that. And that was very smart. To me, it's side A versus side 1A. You know you know what I mean? Like it's... I this think whole A-side, B-side thing was just kind of... I, even when they were discussing yeah. it, I was just like, who cares? Like these you know two what? together, you know what? it's going to be awesome. That, I'm surprised like... There isn't a lot of like boxing versus MMA talk. We all know the score here. Yep. MMA fans aren't being unrealistic by and large. I, I don't want to generalize. Most know that Conor McGregor doesn't stand that much of a chance, but do you remember what it was like when James Tony came over? Yeah. I was there. People thought that James to- Do you first off, the thing that made me a fan of Ariel Hawani. Do you remember his interview with James Tony when James Tony had the action figure? James Tony for weeks carried around a little Randy Couture action figure. And during his interview with Hawani, pulled it out. He's like, look at this right here. And Hawani goes, oh, what, what is that? Is, is that a doll? Do you practice your moves on it? What do you do? He was trolling James Tony. And, like, you could see James Tony, like, he wasn't prepared for anything. He wasn't prepared for the media. He wasn't prepared for the fight. Mayweather's prepared – or McGregor's prepared for the media – He's going to be prepared for the fight. It's just a matter of skill. And McGregor, I don't. He doesn't have that skill inside the boxing ring. Is there a chance? There's always a chance. There's always a chance. But is it likely? No, it's not likely. Yeah. Um, well, I'll say this though: Conor McGregor has a better chance of beating Floyd Mayweather in boxing than Floyd has a chance of beating him in MMA. Absolutely. Right, so it's it's the same thing. James Tony would have probably whooped Randy Couture's ass in boxing, uh, but he decided to come over uh, and box mixed martial art on ankle pick. It's an ankle pick, I believe. Right? Yeah, it was an ankle pick. Took him down on the ground and game over. And that's 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 what happens in what Connor calls a real fight. You know, he's these these limited rules that he said he's got. It's just hilarious taking his backhanded shots to boxing. So um, it, it is what it is right now. We didn't know about there, like the Mexican gloves and. Yeah, no horse hair, all that stuff. There was a lot we didn't know about. Yeah, it's I mean, interesting. There'll be a lot more. I mean, now Connor's going to be able to dissect or, or digest what just happened. Uh, I don't know if Floyd and his people are going to be able to come back with anything tomorrow in Toronto. God, when this thing gets over to Europe, oh, is he in big trouble? I mean, in essence, Connor was in Floyd's <laughs> backyard today. Yeah. Right? What's going to happen when this thing goes all the way overseas? My. Goodness, Floyd won't be able to get a word in. Every time he tries to speak, uh, the, the MMA fans are going to drown him out. I mean, the boxing fans over there are going to try, but it's it's 
yeah, it's going to be a mess when it gets overseas because those guys are passionate over there. Uh, we'll see what happens here in tomorrow. Tomorrow is just going to be Toronto. I mean, Our boy Ole Samuel Ole referenced the Tim Sylvia losing to Ray Mercer thing. I just pardon me, Tim Sylvia ain't shit. <laughs> he wasn't. If you asked me who's going to win an MMA fight, Ray Mercer or Tim Sylvia, I would have said. Ray Mercer stands a pretty damn good chance of winning that fight. <laughs> That's terrible. And here's, here's the funny thing. What did Ray Mercer do after he knocked Tim Sylvia out cold and he hadn't fallen yet? He shot a double leg. He shot at his legs. So, I mean, that he was in the right mentality. He didn't go in there thinking, I'm throwing that out the way. And you know what? Knowing Tim Sylvia, maybe Ray Mercer lands that takedown. <laughs> Terrible. Oh man, he was uh, Stone Osborne said Tim was a sloth in human form. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'll never forget Tim Sylvia showing up to a UCC event that I was calling way back in the day. It might have been when George St. Pierre fought Ivan Menjivar, if I'm not mistaken. But he was literally, I think he was cornering Jeremy Horn, if I'm not mistaken, and he was there in his t-shirt tucked into his jeans with the UFC belt around his waist. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I would be too. Like people were giving Hiroshi Tanahashi, a New Japan guy trash for wearing a title belt to the beach i'm like i'm sorry i'm doing it too <laughs> I te- we had like 100 200 people at our wrestling shows i've still got the titles that they booked me to win there that's awesome that's hilarious i love them man yeah i love them tim was an interesting guy interesting guy to say the least yeah. but uh yeah i mean I'm, I'm still sort of i'm coming down off the high of this press conference that just happened because obviously the anticipation was was fantastic i'm already getting requests to do interviews tonight and tomorrow uh across the country so i'll be discussing that uh at length with, with uh, probably numerous times over and over again same kind of content but uh coming down off this high this is exactly what what you know this this is going to be the biggest fight um, of our lifetime i mean let's be honest people are if you haven't figured it out yet ladies and gentlemen this is going to be the biggest fight of our lifetime it uh, doesn't matter if you're an MMA guy or girl, boxing MMA guy or boxing guy or girl. This is the biggest fight of our lifetime. This is a once-in-a-generation thing. It might be a once-in-a-lifetime thing because um, you could say it's more than a generation because, they, I mean, even Connor referenced Antonio Noki and Muhammad Ali. That was more than a few generations ago. Um, maybe two generations ago, if I'm not mistaken. So I mean, Mayweather Pacquiao was kind of – and it's funny because it happened way too late, Mayweather Pacquiao, but it did yeah. the biggest buy rate ever. Yeah, this will beat it. So – this is going yeah, to be- and you got like Nate Diaz tweeting SMH, which is the best thing he could have tweeted. And Daniel Cormier screaming at Showtime Sports on Twitter to not handcuff uh, Conor McGregor. Like, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. Is Carlos Torre going to join us or gonna be, is he going to be on the chat? No, oh, he's going to be on our Mayweather-McGregor post show. when it Oh, airs. okay. I thought you meant right now. Okay. No, 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 no. no. On the Mayweather-McGregor post show, we've invited him on, but – Guys, again, if you're like a casual boxing fan or even not a boxing fan and you want to learn about boxing, read his newsletter. It is yeah. unbelievable. Like, as I read it last – I was editing it last week, and I was like, damn, this is this is badass. This is incredible. So uh, shout-outs to our boy Carlos Toro for doing that. Now let's let's talk about one uh, another thing that I think is worth mentioning. The UFC going out of their way to have Ariel Hawani removed from the Showtime sports team. Errol Hawani, writer for really one of the, the faces of MMA fighting. And the UFC has had problems with him before. He broke the Brock Lesnar news before they could. 
Did I like the situation where the UFC where it was paying him and he didn't let people know about it? No. But I feel like he's done a lot to rectify that since then. And I mean, like, Joe, this would be like the people at UFC Central calling up Jimmy and saying, uh, get Joe off the air. No. Yeah. They no. fired Ariel Hawani, and they got him fired from another job. Um, I see That's your a, point. I see I your mean, point. That, I see your point. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, I am the, the absolute wrong person to give any sort of opinion um, on Ariel Hawani. Uh, let, let, let any personal shit go away. We don't care about any of that. But, I mean, from a realistic, like, a, like why would they do that? Especially, I, don't, that, I, I saw that, and I don't know why they would do that. What is the benefit, or what is the recourse? What is the negativity of having Ariel Helwani there? Like, what, I mean, this has got to be something personal. This has got to be something that, that you know, what did Ariel do to piss them off because that doesn't make any sense. I mean, I, I didn't, I don't well, still I, a thing, still a thing from a year ago, but my question is, did you set the today? You know, you know who likes Ariel a lot? Conor McGregor. Yeah. Conor yeah. McGregor loves Ariel Hawani. So yeah. I get the feeling that when he gets wind of that, that may not sit well with him. Not yeah. that it's going to change his like decision-making or anything, but I don't doubt that, that Conor McGregor would be like, what the fuck you doing to Ariel? Like why, what's yeah. the deal with this? So I don't, I don't. So I, I I I don't understand how it all went down and what happened because you know why, why would the UFC even tell Showtime you can't have this guy there? Like what? Like Showtime would be like so? Like what? Who cares? Like he's here. Like it's it, it may, I I don't understand. Like something crazy must have happened because it doesn't doesn't make any sense. Um, Ariel should have been there. No ifs, ands, or buts. Did he have some sort of news that we don't know about that he leaked or was going to leak and stuff like that? I don't know. Like, I mean, but is that worthy of, of having him removed? No. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, you know, I'll, 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 it doesn't make any sense whatsoever as to why. He, there has to be something there unless it's a personal vendetta still from Dana. No matter what, I'm always going to screw you, Ariel, blah, 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 blah. Dana's probably thinking, oh, you know, here's a good opportunity. This is going to be the biggest fight in history, and I'm going to remove you from it. Did that happen? Yeah. Right? Because Ariel has long maintained, and anyone in the media, especially mixed martial arts media, you always want to be um, in, in the MMA media, guys like, you know, when I had the TV show and Ariel had his stuff and blah, 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 um, all the other guys that had television gigs, we always thought, you know what? You look at Howard Cosell, and that's who you wanted to be, or something of that nature. The Howard Cosell of MMA. And Her- Ariel, long, long has always said, you know, that Howard Cosell was his idol or someone he looked up to, someone he respected. Uh, and to be able to do what he does uh, in, the, in, in the in the honor or image of Howard Cosell is, is something that, you know, guys like myself would always be like, yeah, man, this is – I would go to – I mean, you guys see it all behind me, right? Like I know one of them is falling. You see all those passes up there, guys. Like yeah. every one of those UFC events that I covered, and there's more going across – I used to tell my producers all the time, guys, we just live in the moment, man. And I remember every single show sitting cage side and octagon side and taking a moment of gratification and saying, look where you are, dude. Look where you are. Like, this is the shit. You made it. And this like 80 events, maybe yeah. 80 events I've covered. And I'd always tell myself, you made it. You made it. Appreciate it. Don't do anything to ruin it because karma will get you. 
don't do anything to root. You ride this wave as, as much as you can. So we appreciate it. We understood it. Now you get to a point where you get this once-in-a-lifetime fight like McGregor and Mayweather. There's nothing more that you want to do than to be there along these four city tours uh, and cover this event and maybe hopefully get on the broadcast to work the broadcast, blah, blah, blah. That's null and void for me nowadays. That's gone. But Ariel had that opportunity. And I think Dana or somebody knows that this is his dream come true. And they well, cut how it. Do you think that, how do you think Dana feels about Brendan Schaub being on there? Because he didn't break any stories before, but Brendan Schaub is yeah. he's a guy that criticized the Reebok deal. He's worked for Bellator, but he was still on there. So that's that's a little puzzling to me. But Brendan Schaub also promotes the hell out of this fight. That's that's it's an unusual one. Hey, I want to talk about the, the Amanda Nunes thing instead. We'll talk about that. She had sinusitis. Sean, guys, Sean ripped me. I, I tried to joke before we went on air because of the sinusitis. I said, oh, she had a cold? He's like, what are you – no, no, I'm going to explain it to everybody. Whoa. I did not say it like that. Joke. He insulted my wife, my son, my family. I'm like, Sean, like, relax, man. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, listen, I'm sorry I took your dog to the pound. <laughs> Go ahead. That. Sinusitis. So sinusitis, I didn't realize I had. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply had it until I watched a Joe Rogan podcast with Donald Cerrone and explained this condition where one day he fell over brushing his teeth. And it was because he sparred really hard, and a lot of it was because of deviated septum, which I've had for, God, like 15 years now, ever since the first time like I started to spar. And he talked about how a lot of times it would cause blockages and buildups, and he couldn't breathe, and he couldn't focus. His balance would be off. It would cause vision and issues like that. He said sometimes you could massage it out. Sometimes you have to use a neti pot. There are a lot of ways that it affects you. Some days you're good. Some days you're not. If it got that bad for Amanda Nunes, I completely understand. Because I had to use like a massage thing on my head to get buildup out from sinusitis one time. And wow. you'll be walking down the stairs and you got to hold on to the rail. Or you'll be standing there, you'll, you'll tip over a little bit. If that's the case, I completely understand Amanda Nunes not wanting to fight. And here's the thing. When you do that, even if your balance is off, a doctor will tell you, yeah, you're probably pretty good to go. You're okay to go, but you're not always okay to go. So I thought that that needed to be addressed. There are a lot of people that for some reason, they're like, she's afraid. Well, afraid of what? She's not afraid. Settle afraid down. Of what? Afraid of the baddest woman on the planet is not afraid of another bad yeah. woman. Settle down. But let me ask you this, though. Why not say you've got sinusitis? Why not say you're suffering from the symptoms? Why not get it out there? Or was she too embarrassed that, you know, guys like me joking around saying, you got a cold? Yeah, could be. Very well could be. And I, I understand that too. I do. Um, not really much else to talk. I mean, Valentina Shevchenko kind of thinks that she was making up a little bit. And her coach said a little something different. Nunez's did, so. That, that's something that we'll monitor over the next week. Uh, 
also something worth monitoring. Gegard Musashi to Bellator. I'd say that relationship with Scott Coker didn't hurt that at all. No, not at all. And I think that the, the UFC did let one guy go. Um, I, I, when, when I first got the news, I was actually here in my office. And when I saw it, I just, you know, I just, okay, let, let me try and think about this. And I grabbed my coffee, okay, which is empty, by the way, Sean. I'm bitter. I should have filled it up before I came up here. Um, and I started walking downstairs and I said, I, I said, Bellator is like this lumberjack that is just, or either a lumberjack that takes a swing at the tree one at a time. One at a time, taking little axe swings at the tree until that UFC tree either falls over or there's some sort of weird brick layer where there, there's the UFC and then the house of Bellator. And they're taking one brick at a time and put it, removing that brick from the UFC, putting it into the Bellator house. Slowly but surely until that UFC thing starts crumbling down or is on shaky legs while Bellator continues to build. Because they're not getting superstar fighters, but they're getting damn good fighters. Right, they're getting damn good fighters. Because Girgard Musasi is a title contender at middleweight. I know you sent off a tweet about comparing him in the heavyweight division. Yeah. It's a serious question, uh, but that—that's a good catch. Rory McDonald, Girgard Musashi, like they're—they're—they're getting dudes, man. They're getting dudes. He is a double and triple title contender if he wants to be. <laughs> if he wants yeah. to be, because I don't think yeah. I don't think there's anybody beating him. I think he beats. He might be Bader. I think he probably beats Bader. Uh, he might beat Phil Davis. He, I think he definitely beats King Mo. And that's that's at light light heavyweight. Now keep in mind, he was offered a light heavyweight interim title shot last year against Rumble Johnson, and Rumble Johnson was like, no, I think I'll wait. That's why I was inclined to believe Rumble Johnson knew he was going to retire. And then you look at middleweight. Boy, are those cupboards empty at Bellator middleweight. Yep. Rafael Carvalho is the champion. Melvin Manhoof was your top contender twice over the last year. Twice. You do have... Uh, who is it? Uh, Roy McDonald saying that he'll move up, but I mean, you're you're talking like Musashi versus McDonald. That's one hell of a fight. That's a, that's a good fight to put on. But other than that, it's rough. It's rough there. You've got John Salter. He like that's that's the best you got there. Yeah, Alexander Schlemenko maybe. Yeah, toast. Chris Honeycutt is he contending with Gegard Musashi? No chance. Not a chance. Now, here's the good thing about Musashi. He's 31 years old. Mm-hmm. But he's at 31 years old where we can say he's the 31-year-old pioneer of MMA. Oh, he's been around forever. Because he's, he's fought since 2003. He, he was in, like, deep and pride and bodog fight and stuff like that. Did you ever see his fight versus um, Jacare when he upkicked him to sleep? Yeah. That was sick. That was sick. That's when I said, this is the guy that I want to see fight Anderson Silva. Because back in the day, that's when Anderson Silva was at his peak. And people were like, who's going to beat this guy? And I went on national television. I'm like, y'all need to check out this Japanese promotion. And this fighter named Gegard Musashi, who would be more than happy and put on a spectacular fight against Anderson Silva. It never happened. Uh, and at this point, it may never happen. Then again, we don't know with Anderson Silva. He's he's crazy. He's As Dana White says, he's special. Don't be surprised if he goes. Imagine he goes to Bellator. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, I forgot that King Mo fought, fought Gegard Musashi. I was there. I tried to forget it because it sucked so bad. The takedowns, yeah. That's the, kind of, that's the kind of fight Bellator would run back to. They do that all the time. They run back terrible fights. Yeah. 
But good. Listen, um, you know, you and I had talked about this before. We talked about it with Sean Pearson, Frank Trigg, Elias Theodoro on the previous podcast, talking about, look, man, at some point in your career, you have to really look at it and say, what's what's more important, getting that UFC title or putting some money in your bank? So that when you retire from all the sacrifices that you put in from fighting, that you could say, you know what, I am comfortable, I am done, and I've got plenty of money that I could use to make me more money, whether it's investing, whether it's in real estate, whether it's in the stock market, whatever it may be. At some point, you got to make a decision. you got to make a choice. I mean, when I read the news that Justin Gaethje, what did he get paid, 2500 bucks for that Reebok deal? I don't know, but he got ended up walking away with three hundred grand for his debut. Okay. With bonuses and stuff. Yeah, but he should have gotten more from Reebok because that that fight's going to be replayed a lot. Those highlights are going to be replayed a lot. To me, it's not just what you get for that fight. It's, well, what about, I think that a Reebok should do like maybe a knockout or a finish bonus or something like that. Because if you get a finish bonus, that Reebok logo is going to be replayed over and over. That's a very good point. Again. Reciprocal royalties. Yeah, no, I totally get it. It, make, it makes total sense. I just don't believe that a guy like Justin Gaethje should only get that kind of money. And I know I it's a you. difficult structure to put together. Uh, I've always maintained that that UFC contracts or, or mixed martial arts contracts, heck, even boxing contracts should be structured in a way. It's, it's, already, a, it's already a brutal sport, guys, girls. It's it's already sometimes I, I think to my head I've been involved in this game for so long. It's unfathomable sometimes that I get enjoyment of watching these people beat the shit out of each other. But it is what it is. It's it's available, and I choose to consume it. So if they're going to punish each other, let them get paid. Let the and you want more action? Put an incentive on there. This is your flat rate to get paid to show up and make weight. This is how much you're going to get paid when you actually fight. But if you finish. You're guaranteed this. Yeah. And you're guaranteed this amount in the first round, this amount in the second round, this amount in the third round. The the promotion that I did that I do commentary and play by play for on occasion uh, does that as well. Also, since we're talking about Justin Gaethje, well, I want to mention Musashi too. With looking at Bellator's roster right now, I'm just gonna run over it just like really quickly. I just want to run over some of these names. Matt Mitrione, Fedor Emelianenko, Karatanov, Roy Nelson, to a lesser degree, Minikov. King Mo, Liam McGeary, lesser degree, Linton Vassell, Phil Davis, Ryan Bader, Chael Sonnen, Vanderlei. You got a lot of people across these divisions. Enough people. Why are you main eventing with Derek Campos and Brandon Gertz on Friday? <laughs> In a show who, Joe, I, I live and I breathe pro wrestling, MMA, and boxing. It's all I think about other than you know, maybe a few other sports. I forgot the card was happening. Yeah. Friday. We got live coverage of it, you guys. Your boys have live coverage of that and Invicta and uh, the Sunday UFC show. What time is that Sunday but, UFC show on? Because it's just I, – I, you want to laugh? 3, 3 p.m. Eastern. That could be a bit of a difficult situation for me. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, we're we're not covering it live. We're gonna do a post show on. We're doing our post show on uh, a Tuesday. Holy smokes! Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, the reason why I say ain't that nobody tuning in, ain't nobody tuning in. 
for that post show, but I do have a nice breakdown of a few of the fights. Yeah, no, the reason why I say that is, is twofold because what I what I usually do for my Saturday nights, as you all know, ladies and gentlemen, Sean Ross App and I, our Saturday nights uh, are dedicated to the UFC, um, and sometimes our lives depend on okay, is there a UFC event yeah. on on Saturday night to determine. For example, for yours truly, am I going to see family? Am I going to see friends and family? Am I going to doing something with my son? Well, my wife says, "Are you available next?" And I have to look at my calendar, and I put her. She's a not, she's not the remotest UFC fan. She's not a mixed martial arts fan. She's not a sports fan whatsoever. I downloaded the UFC calendar to her phone so she knows without having to ask me. So I look on Saturday, and I'm like, "Oh, there's no UFC event," and I'm like, "Wait a second, my wife is going away on a girls trip uh, this Thursday." Two days from now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yep. You, you did girls. What, what the hell is that supposed to mean? Girls trip. It's an inside joke with her and I. She's going with two other girls, two of her friends, old, with some of her oldest friends from like elementary school. They're going to New York. Yeah. So it's daddy daycare right here from Thursday Ooh. until Sunday. Okay. So and I'm saying, oh, you know what? Duty fun. on the ceiling this weekend. What's that? Duty all over the ceiling this weekend. No, it's going to be a great time. I love my son. He's six and a half. We're going to have so much fun doing all the, all the stuff that I got planned for him. But like I said, Saturday, I'm looking. I'm like, oh, there's no UFC event. This is, this is okay. Cool. We can do something on Saturday night. I get a text from a friend of mine. Remember the rib fest I was telling you guys about? All you guys, ladies and gentlemen, tuning yeah. into the podcast. There's a rib fest on Saturday. All right? So taking my son to the rib fest and everything is cool. And then I pull up today's holy smokes podcast and I, I look at the link and i'm scrolling down i'm like oh yeah i can talk about anything here no problem blah, blah, blah. you see glasgow what the hell is sean mm. ross talking about you see glasgow i look at saturday i'm like where's this ufc what's he talking about and i scroll to sunday i'm like there's a ufc event on sunday the wife's coming home on sunday how am i going to watch the show and go live and i'm like we're not gonna go live after ufc glasgow we're gonna save it till tuesday no we're not going Whew. live UFC glasgow no we're not um just because I, I gauged interest, there was none. There are some okay fights on this show, though. Best name in MMA is competing. Huh? Best name in MMA is competing. Santiago Pancinibio. I'm oh. interested in that fight. Uh, he's not like a flashy striker or anything, but he excels at the basics, like form, technique, reach, cutting off the cage. And that's something that a lot of people have, have had trouble with, with Gunnar Nelson is cutting off the cage. He leans into his punches, but he doesn't go off balance. He's got a really nice left hook that, that drags that you got to watch out for. And uh, in addition to that left hook, sometimes he'll set it up, that, that really nice dragging left hook, and he'll do it with uh, – he'll follow it up with like a right high kick that I don't think is meant to, to knock out. Well, I mean, anything's meant to knock out, but he uses it more to cut people off as they're going away from that left hook that eliminates a lot of footwork too. Again, as I say – that's very important to have against a Gunnar Nelson. Yeah, Gunnar Nelson. He doesn't, like, he doesn't turn his hips a lot when he strikes either. He generates a lot of his legs or he uses uh, his legs for a lot of power. Yeah, and, and he's funny, a guy in Gunnar Nelson that fights a style that is I, – I absolutely love the style. It's old-school karate, but an easy guy to take down. The problem is, is you don't want to go to the ground with Gunnar Nelson. So, oh, no, no, no. He works so good out of like the seat belt and the body triangle. Uh, but th- there aren't a lot of positions that prove that tough for Gunnar Nelson. Of course, against Damian Maya, yeah, any position is going to prove difficult. Yeah, he's got yeah. four performance of the night bonuses, six finishes by submission. Uh, Ponzinibbio has never been submitted though, and a lot of that is because he works so well to stay on his feet. He gets under hooks and cross faces on the feet really, really well. 
But not only that, Ponzinibbio counters off of those underhooks really well. So when people are like resetting, like, oh, I didn't land that takedown. No, they're, they're usually eating like a, a quick right to the face from Ponzinibbio as well. And even when he does get taken down, and it's a real wrestler thing that Ponzinibbio does. He, like, he, he hasn't fought a guy with a, like, a great body lock or anything, but he does stuff to where his shoulders, elbows, and arms kind of stay up off the mat or don't stay on there. He doesn't get pinned. Yeah. And that's very, very important. Nelson smothers people, though, so that's going to be something worth watching out for because I don't know that Ponzinibbio's ever faced anybody like that. It's not just that he Who's smothers it? people, Sean. He transitions so fluidly from position to position. He passes your guard with one leg. You do this. He goes to the other side. Now he's in mount. Or now he's in side control. Oh, he's got one hook in. Oh, now he's got two. And now he's got the backpack. And now you're in big trouble. And you look up at the clock and there's three and a half minutes to go. That's what what Gunnar Nelson does. And if he gets on top, you're going to give up your neck. And whether you choose not to give your neck, you're going to get elbowed in the face until you give up your neck. He doesn't want to hurt you. Who did he fight last or two fights ago where he could have knocked the dude out standing up? He's like, no, go down to the ground. I'm going to choke you out. We're going to be gentle. Brazilian. Was it Juban or Tumanov? Uh, it may have been, Ale- it may have been uh, Joban. I think it was Joban. Joban, yeah. He was just like, yeah, I'm not going to knock this guy out. Juban, what the hell am I thinking? <laughs> uh, feel like Todd Grisham. Yeah, Nelson does a really good uh, job. Of can we talk about that for a second? What? Yeah. So, a lot of people, and I had my own friends – uh, who I've known for the better part of Jesus Sap, 20 years. You can call me Sap. You don't have to call me Jesus. We're friends. All right. Could call you the Messiah, but that'd be right. Anyways. Um, Could be. He sends me a text, and he's like, dude, did you see that UFC play-by-play guy butcher Sakuraba's name? And I said, I did, actually. Let me tell you a story of what I thought and what I saw and what I heard in that very moment. And I tweeted about it, okay? Because it's so easy. You know, you're a play-by-play guy. I'm a play-by-play guy. I could have, so when I do, I don't know, a Ryzen show or a Titan show, I'm on the air for six hours, five and a half, six hours. I need to make one mistake. I need to make one mistake and the internet blows up. Now, it all depends on the producer that, that you have in your ear. I'm not saying this is what happened to Grisham. I'm not saying it. Potentially, though, this may have happened, and I'll tell you why. You're cued ahead of time. Something's happening. You're doing a replay, blah, blah. All right, all right, uh, Joe. All right, Sean. All right, Todd. Uh, we're going to show Kazushi Sagaraba coming up next. Uh, we're going to talk about the Hall of Fame. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Wait for my cue. Wait for my cue. Wait for my cue. I can't even tell you how many times they haven't hit the button. They didn't hit the button. They're going, Q, 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 Q. Then they hit the button. All you hear is, Q! And you're just kind of like, whoa. So I'm telling you, in my opinion, Todd Grisham was sitting there, likely waiting for his Q, or as the transition came on, and the minute he said, Kazoo, all you hear is, Q, Q, Q. And he stopped. Kazushi Sakuraba. That's what I think may have happened. Well, let's be fair. This ain't the first time he's messed up a Japanese guy's name. I used to hear him do it in WWE all the time. Listen. Listen to me. The, the, the second to last, one of the shows I did in, in, for Ryzen, uh, and I think it may have been one of the New Year's Eve shows, I don't know why I kept calling one fighter Nakamura three or four times in the fight. It was not Nakamura. 
for some reason, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the screen. I'm looking at the action, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and I'm one guy in my ear. I had um, Joe to my left. And I'm kind of like, uh, Nakamura's got this great. Nakamura, shit. And two minutes later, Nakamura. And I'm like, shit, it's not Nakamura. I've been there. I've made mistakes. We're not robots. We're humans. Okay. But then to have the social media just sit there and rip me a new beep and rip Grisham a new beep and blah, blah. It's like, man, give the guy a break because I don't think he's that bad at all. I think Todd Grisham is absolutely fantastic. And I can tell you other people that are horrendous that get loved, absolutely loved and get sunshine blown up their ass on social media. And I'm like, this dude's terrible. He's horrible. And he's loved. And they are loved. doesn't matter. It's a thankless job. Because we have social media right now. It is what it is. It's great. When I do Titans next show, what is it, August 4th, August 5th, there's going to be people ripping me no matter what. Stupid Canadian and that stupid accent that he has. He can't even say Jay-Z Cavalcante properly. And whatever, man. Whatever. I might call Jose Shorty Torres, Jose Shorty Torres. Whatever. Just call the fight. That's my rap of the day. Japanese names a lot. Who? Todd Grisham messes up Japanese names a lot. <laughs> Calderwood versus Cavillo. Cavillo's record, I just want to say, it doesn't reflect her experience because she had six fights as an amateur. But this is quite a task to be facing uh, 11 months after you turn pro. Joanne Calderwood uses her strikes well, uh, her distance really well. Like She uses teeps and jabs that set up really big attacks, like the spinning back fist, which she spammed. And just annihilated opponents with before. So, can they mic Joanne for this fight or no? Look at, what is it? Can they mic Joanne for this fight? Oh, she's great. Oh, greatest voice in MMA. Absolutely love her. Yeah. But it's going to be a good fight. And she's obviously pretty sure she's the favorite heading into this fight here. Uh, Cynthia's going to have her hands full for sure because Joanne, like you said, will put the pressure on. And Joanne is not going to sit there in Scotland and lose. She's going to put the pace on. Uh, we know she's fought. A variety of demons in the past. She's talked about depression. She's talked about uh, difficulties in her life. She's never, hopefully she'll be able to get over that and never have to deal with it again. But it obviously, if anyone knows anyone that's ever, if you yourselves have ever been in a situation where you've got constant depression and you're constant mind games playing in your head, it's always there. But this is her release. This should be her release so she can get in there and just be somebody else, be a fighter. And I think she loves fighting. I think we're going to see it uh, on Sunday afternoon here uh, overseas because I think she's a fantastic fighter. But I'm not counting out Cynthia just yet because it may be a tall task for her, but she's a badass. Yeah, she is. Uh, And if she wins this, I think they'll hot shot her. I really do. I think they'll just – Yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll hot shot her. The other fight I'm particularly looking forward to, Stevie Ray versus Paul Felder. Stevie Ray has good footwork inside the pocket, which doesn't happen a lot. Usually people get in the pocket and they'll kind of slug it out. But the thing is, Paul Felder loves to clinch and he gets really aggressive in the clinch. The thing that excites me, Joe, is that when Paul Felder gets hit, he gets really, really aggressive. Yes. And with with Stevie Ray's like affection for striking in the pocket, I think it's going to get like really, really wild. I can't wait for that fight. That that right there, so people can call that a surface-level assessment. That is a fantastic assessment because that's probably what's going to happen here. Because Stevie Ray, uh, it, it, it's like a boxer. He's a boxer by trade pretty much. You can just tell the way he likes to, to hold his hands, the way he uses his footwork. And Felder is a zombie. He doesn't give a shit. He's going to move forward, and he's going to punish you. His job is simple. It's every, every, every fighter is there 
to break the other fighter, unless your name is good. Every fighter is there to break the other fighter's will. Paul Felder likes to do that in fifth gear, whereas a guy like Stevie Ray will probably do it in third gear. He'll pick you apart and blah, blah, blah. Conor McGregor just wants to land that one punch and it's over. It is what it is. Paul Felder is one of those fighters that's just like, I'm going to beat you so bad you're going to give up and not even realize it. So it's going to be a fantastic fight. I don't know if we're going to see this fight technically take place in the pocket because I don't think Stevie Ray is going to want to sit there with Paul Felder. I think we're going to see a lot more um, uh, foot movement from um, Stevie Ray. But fight's a fight. Once you get punched in the face, you want to retaliate. Yeah, we got live coverage of that over on Fightful.com. I want to encourage you guys to go use the Fightful.com forums. Head over there, start a topic. We got MMA, boxing, wrestling, TV, music, movies. Hopefully sports pretty soon, too. Floyd Sr. right now is yelling at Conor McGregor, saying that he will fight him. Yeah, I bet you will. (sighs) Why? Just Floyd Sr. had a tough time with Charlie Zelenoff. So that ain't happening. That ain't happening. I applaud him for that. Uh, let's quickly talk about that John Jones, Daniel Cormier promo they aired. For those that haven't seen it. My God, that was incredible. That was top level stuff, man. You got it, and you have to, you got to do that. Dana White said that at his little scrum. You can tell he he was in a mood this throughout this weekend. Like even though the Nunes thing happened, he was just in the mood to talk. He's going on this press tour, but he still does the he's doing the video blogs, which he hasn't done in years yeah. since he got in some trouble for some stuff he put on there. And he did the scrum, and he's saying like making it known he's going to be around for years. So he's in the mood to talk, and he straight up said we had to tell that story. You can't do that without you can't have this fight without telling the story of how it happened. And that required John Jones to like approach some pretty touchy touchy stuff. Touchy stuff, yeah. So uh, I talked to John in Buffalo. Um, He was actually staying at my hotel uh, when the UFC was in Buffalo, so I had a chance to catch up with him real quick. And you know, he he, John's a funny guy because depends on what time of day it almost feels like you catch John. He's going to be open. He's going to be. a little more straightforward. He, he said, look, man, I, I, things have changed. I get it now. He goes, I'm so, you know, I, I got to apologize to guys like you, blah, blah. I'm sorry. This is, and that. he goes, I'm different now. You're going to see, got a new love for grappling. Absolutely loves grappling now. Didn't really respect, not that he didn't respect the jujitsu game, but loves the submission game right now. Don't be surprised if he tries to submit Daniel Cormier uh, when they actually fight. Uh, but he was adamant, man. Things have changed. Made a mistake, made a lot yeah. of mistakes. So, and, you know, sometimes it's good. It's good therapy to talk about it just in a promo. It's a different story. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's going to be – we're all going to look forward to this fight. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be great. And, you know, uh, I don't know who it was last – or on Saturday night, Sunday morning, that basically said, put John Jones on 24-7 watch, lock him in a hotel room, monitor his yeah. remove, not to mess this fight up. So, that unfortunately, that's his reputation right now. I got somebody chirping at me in the chat saying, don't disrespect Floyd Sr. He, he was a good fighter. He was an okay fighter. He was not like a great fighter. And and when he when he was an okay fighter was, oh, 25 years ago? Oh, no, wait, no, no, 35 years ago? 35 years ago. He couldn't beat almost – he had real trouble facing half-decent fighters. That's just the way it was. Was he a great trainer? Was his son great? Yes. Yes. He was not a great 
boxer. Anything else to add before we go? No, just uh, you know, excited for the weekend, and and then just you know, lots of stuff for me to do. I mean, I got to get an article going for this UFC Glasgow. I got to get a video rant going. I got to do an, uh, an article tomorrow. I'll give you more thoughts, ladies and gentlemen, uh, on this Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather uh, press tour uh, leading up to this fight here, uh, and who knows by then, uh, come uh, Thursday when I do the video, uh, what kind of topics I'll take. I really want to open up the, the a lot of the articles and, and videos to fans and what they think and what kind of questions they want answered or thoughts and sort of feature people, especially all these people that are so loyal to us uh, on the chat that keep showing up to every one of these shows. So we'll see in the future if I can do that. But yeah, a couple articles from yours truly will be up on FightfulMMA.com, Fightful Online, of course, uh, Fightful.com, obviously the video, and then Sean and I uh, next Tuesday once again because we're not doing a post-show for this UFC Glasgow show because really there's only three fights that people may want to hear about. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much the basics for me. What about you, sir? Ariel Hawani just tweeted that the decision to pull him was 100% Dana White who fought for it. Ouch. Uh, For me, I got SmackDown Live tonight doing a post-show podcast there. The list and your boy tomorrow. And then I'll probably do a show like a Fightful Books that are members only show at the end of the week. I'm going to catch up on sleep, Joe, because last Friday I told my associate editor at about 4 p.m., Alex, just just go on. Go hang out with your family this weekend. I got it. Because we had a WDB show Sunday night. I was like, I can handle that. I can handle it up until that. And we had International Fight Week. I was like, it won't be that bad. <laughs> so a top, a, a pretty big name in WDB got released. The former president of TNA Wrestling was announced to appear on WDB programming. WWE changed the title at a live event in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Amanda Nunes pulled out of a fight. Uh, yeah, it was it was a busy weekend. It was a busy weekend. No sympathy, no sympathy, because that's what happens in these sports. That's what happens in the game. Every time you think everything is fine, aka me at a at a family event in in you know Midtown Toronto, enjoying the sunshine, posting pictures on my Instagram saying enjoying the sunshine while the, while the family's at the midway. Oh hey, Amanda Nunes just pulled out of her fight. What? Just yeah. Seen- you know, and I was like, we have Instagram now, by the way, at Fightful Online. I should follow. Yeah. I'll All right, guys. Then. I guess we're done. Follow us at Fightful Online. Subscribe, like, thumbs up. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. A year of Fightful.com. We're out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.